for the first time in over 16 years we are going to the playoffs this is a playoff beam tonight for the first time in my entire life i will be able to watch the kings in a playoff game and it's such a weird feeling because it's like I, I always imagine this moment and it being us clinching in the final game of the season or something in an intense game. And it's, it's like, we've known this is going to happen for a really long time now. And it was just in the most anticlimactic place it could have happened in Portland where they have like no fans right now. That was the quietest I've ever heard in arena. But <laughs> still, it, it, it's still... Brought a, brought a few tears to my eyes when it finally happened. And it happened in one of the worst games I've ever watched. It was a, it was a really bad game. So we're not even going to talk about it. It was a 40-point smackdown in the second half. But to think that this team was so close to moving 10 years ago. And, you know, at the time... I was too young to really understand what was happening. But once I got older, I was like, I can't imagine if that actually happened. Like, I can't imagine if I didn't have the Kings because they are such a big part of my life. Sitting down for two and a half hours every other night to watch some terrible basketball in another 28 win season but I, I've always said I wouldn't have it any other way like I still wouldn't want to uh you know cheer for any other team or I you know I, if I had the option to be born as a fan of another team I would never take it and so finally that is all paying off in a playoff appearance and I've watched uh the De'Aaron Fox Players Tribune video a million times and if you haven't watched it go look up De'Aaron Fox Players Tribune video where he promises to it was like in 2018 a video he made where he promised to always fight for this team and for this city and you know he's obviously the guy who's been here the longest because I mean when you look at the the players on this team, the coaching staff, even the ownership, like there's really no one within the Kings that has been there as long as the fans, you know, there's only a, a select few people within the actual organization who have been there through the whole drought. So it really is a thing for the fans because, you know, other than like G-Man and Katie and some other people, you know, working in the arenas and stuff. Like, I'm sure it's great, and then they understand how much it means. And for, like, Fox, it means a lot because this is the team he was drafted to, and he's been through so much, obviously, and getting trade talks, people constantly criticizing him and calling him a pretty much not good enough and putting up empty stats and not good enough to be an all-star, and he's finally made it through. But, like, not even Vivek Ranadive, you know, has been here as the owner through the whole thing. We've gone through so many iterations of this team from kind of the, the, the team before I can really remember. And then when I started, uh, 
my first memory of the NBA, just of the NBA, it's not even a game, it's just of watching the 2010 draft and watching the Kings draft DeMarcus Cousins. And I remember watching him sitting there and getting interviewed. And then my first memory of watching basketball is DeMarcus Cousins making some crazy play to get a dunk. And so it was him, you know, Isaiah Thomas, Rudy Gay, that team. And then we, you know, you go further and you go to the the team where Zach Randolph led us in scoring in that sad year. And then you keep going and it's like it's Buddy's team for a while. And I hope in that first playoff game that we get to see a bunch of the people who were with us throughout the drought, you know, like Boogie Cousins has to be there. I hope Isaiah Thomas is there, Jason Thompson. I want to see all of these people there. You, you know Brad Miller's going to be there. And I've just been constantly thinking about all the players and, and different teams that we've had throughout the years. And one thing that I was also thinking about was Vladi Divac not drafting Luka Doncic, right? He didn't draft Luka. But it's like, if he had drafted Luka, where would we be now? Where would we be? Because look at where the Mavericks are right now. They are in, they're out of the plan. And it, it just got me thinking, like, Vivek Ranadive has grown so much as an owner. Like, no one talks about that. But, like, he's gained experience as an owner and has gotten so much better as an owner. Because, you know, I've always liked Vivek. And other people criticize him all the time, and rightly so, but they, like, hate him. And, I, like, I could never hate him, even though he made some bad decisions, just because he saved the team. But he has grown as an owner, and he's much smarter now, because I wonder, you know, if, if Vladi Divac drafted Luka Doncic, he would still be the GM today. And we would be where the Mavericks are, probably. And instead... That was a learning experience for Vivek, and he realized that he had to hire people that had experience and that could do the job. And Monty McNair has done an incredible job of forming this team. And there are just a few holdovers from uh, the past uh, front office in De'Aaron Fox and then Harrison Barnes. And uh, I don't know if it was, I think Rashawn Holmes as well, or maybe not. I can't remember, but... Like, those three guys are the guys that have been here through it for a while. And it's still funny to me that we got Harrison Barnes for Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph. We fleeced the Mavericks. And it's funny, the the relationship between the Kings and the Mavericks now with the Luka thing. And it's like the Harrison Barnes trade. They would love to have Harrison Barnes right now. But Vivek has grown so much as an owner, and that's why we're in the spot we are. So I think he needs to be given a lot of credit for that. It was funny that they decided to interview Keegan after the game. And I'm just like, why Keegan? For two reasons. One, he's been here for how many months? Not that many months, like nine months. And you're interviewing after him after we break a 16-season drought. He, he doesn't know failure in the NBA. He has never missed the playoffs in his NBA career. But so I thought that was funny. And then also just because of who he is, he's not showing any emotions. It's just like, why, why isn't it a, a Fox or Harrison Barnes interview? 
that was that was funny to me. Before the season, I I I was thinking. I think I even said it in my preview podcast. I was thinking there's always a few teams that shock everyone and go get really high in the standings and kind of are ahead of schedule. And I was just hoping, hoping, hoping that it was the Kings, but I didn't really, really think that it was going to be the Kings who were that team. And here we are, the Kings still with, I don't even, seven more games in the season. I don't know how many it is, but they have that X next to their name in the standings that signifies that they have clinched a spot in the playoffs. And that's even harder to do now because of the play-in tournament. I always knew at some point the drought had to come to an end. Like, there's no way this can just go on forever. But I was also thinking before this season, it's very possible that the Kings don't make the playoffs, whether they make the play-in or not, that they don't make the playoffs, then they have to trade everyone, reset, we have to go through another three to five year rebuild, and it's going to be up to 20 years, but nope, it just happened this season, and the Kings did it without tanking once. I don't think they ever tanked, which is not normal at all because no team just keeps being mediocre forever and then all of a sudden makes that jump. Like, I've never seen that from any team, and maybe I'm forgetting someone, but the Kings' problem was always that they signed veterans. They never went younger. They kept signing veterans to get into that eighth seed and then they would never actually make it and then the one time where they did actually get a good pick they screwed up that pick so bad choosing Marvin Bagley and then were still a mediocre team and somehow Monty McNair turned that mediocre team of just some veterans with a few draft picks into one of the youngest teams in the league that is the third seed in the Western Conference. And that is a crazy accomplishment. And he did what no other GM in the entire drought had the the courage to do. And that was make a big move. Because nobody made any big moves before that. DeMarcus Cousins got traded, but... It's not like he was being traded for, you know, another big name player. He got traded because it just wasn't working. Other than that, there's no big moves. And he just went out there, made a massive move by trading Halliburton, got criticized by almost everyone. And yet here we are. It doesn't matter what this team does in the playoffs. Every player on this team has like made a mark on the Kings franchise as the beam team that broke the playoff drought. And Mike Brown came in here and changed the culture of this team. Now I will say, I gotta give credit to some other coaches because I feel like it's a, a thing people say is the Kings have just never really had any 
good coaches, which is just not true because we had Mike Malone, who obviously is a great coach with the Nuggets now, but it was just the front office that was dumb and fired him. Same with Dave Yeager, but now it seems like I don't think we're going to fire Mike Brown after this season. So he did an amazing job at shifting the culture and obviously Monty McNair giving him the pieces to do that and creating an all-time great offense. And what makes this even crazier is we started this season on a four-game losing streak. We started 0-4. We started against Portland, losing in against Portland in Sacramento. And now we clinch in Portland in a 40-point beatdown. And now all's that left all's that is left is to go to the playoffs and win the title. Oh yeah, and Keegan Murray broke the all-time rookie three-point record. So that was pretty cool. And he actually gave us a smile as he went down the court. This is such a weird feeling because I've known this is going to happen for a while now. And it's like, now that it's finally happened, it's like, what do I do now? (laughs) To end off this episode, I am going to count down the top, my top five moments from the drought. So at number five, I have one from this year, and it is the TNT game against the Nets. When the Kings caught fire in the second quarter, TNTD Davis, that doesn't really make sense, but Terrence Davis going off against the Nets. And I have that on this list because that was the moment that I knew this team was actually legit. And very, very good. And the most exciting moment where I just got to sit back and just watch as this insane offense just demolished a team on national television. And doing it in our first national television game in years, that was special. At number four is one that I don't think anybody else would have on their list. But it's just special to me because it is the... Darren Fox game against the New Orleans Pelicans, and no, I don't have the specific one, but it was two seasons ago, a game against the Pelicans. I think Fox had 40-plus points, and it included the uh, an insane move where the, the one move that I really remember where I think he was against Lonzo Ball and then also Zion Williamson, and he just did an insane spin move into a fake pass layup And uh, he just took over in the fourth quarter. And it was in the midst of a stretch of games where he was taking over in the fourth quarter, game after game. And that was the first time we truly saw fourth quarter Fox. Because he had hit some clutch shots even in his rookie season and throughout his career up to that point. But it was two seasons ago in that stretch of games where I knew this guy can be a superstar because of his ability to take over games in the fourth quarter. And so now to see it actually happening and him become the best clutch player of this season, that is so cool. At number three, we have the Nemanja Bialica game-winning three against the Rockets in Houston. We were down two. And he catches the inbound pass and just launches from way behind the three-point line and wins it. And I just love that game winner. One, because it's a three when you're down two at the buzzer. 
but just the sound that the Houston crowd made where they just sounded like they were in so much pain. They were like, oh, after that three went down. And that was, I just love listening to that clip and listening to the crowd groan as he hit that shot. At number two is Bogdan Bogdanovich's game winner against the Lakers when in a similar situation, down two at the buzzer against the Lakers, right at the top of the three-point line, he launched, I think it was against Tyson Chandler, and just nailed it at home. And that was the craziest I think I've seen the crowd go. And then at number one is one. And then at number one is one that is special to me because I was at the game. And that is the DeMarcus Cousins game-winning buzzer beater against the Phoenix Suns. It was against Isaiah Thomas and the Phoenix Suns. I remember Isaiah leading the Suns back in the fourth quarter after they were down. And then DeMarcus Cousins pulls up near the free throw line and the ball bounced three times on the rim and then went down for the win. So those are my five best memories, you could say, from this playoff drought and from just me as a Kings fan. Honorable mention to the game against the Celtics when I was there when Marcus Smart pretty much just smoked a layup for us to win by one. That was also pretty cool. Anyways, that is it for this very special episode of the Royal Report. After the Kings clinched their first playoff spot in over 16 years. Make sure to like, comment, review, follow me everywhere, do all that stuff. And I will see you guys next time for the next game against the Trailblazers. Peace.